Mirror Under a Loop and Moon is written by Michelle Roger. Sound editing by Steve Nutt. Brought to you by Beresford Media Productions. Chapter 4 A skittish-looking woman warmed her hands round a large mug of steaming tea as she sat on her couch. Amanda sat in a chair across from her. Ashton had motioned for her to take a seat while he leaned against the door, trying not to add to the tension of the room. The woman smiled at Amanda. This tea is good. Thank you. I literally can't boil water. She choked back tears. Lori did all the cooking. Ashen took out a notepad from his pocket. I know hearing the news about her death is difficult, but we have to ask you a few questions. Can we do that? Amanda watched as the girl clutched her tea and nodded in agreement. When were you two last in communication? Ashen asked. Lori sent me a text about 8.30 this morning, I think, saying that we were going to eat gourmet tonight. She was part of a chef's group. They forage for wild mushrooms, ramps, that kind of thing. She's always home in time to change and get to her dinner shift. And who's her employer? Ashton asked. Chef Alex, he owns the Loop and Moon. When she didn't come home, I called him. I thought maybe he had called her in for, I don't know, an early morning shift or something. He said he hadn't heard from her either and that's when I decided to call a few of our friends. He was going to the station to file the missing persons report. She took a big gulp of tea, holding the cup with trembling hands. Amanda got up from her chair and sat beside her. With tears, the woman added, Lori never misses a shift. She loves her job. Ashton sighed. What about her parents? How do we contact them? Well, they're out of state. Lori hasn't spoken to them for a while. We'll still need a number if you happen to have it, Ashton pressed. Amanda smiled reassuringly. What the sheriff means is that by law, he's required to contact her family if they can be reached, no matter if they get along or not. And do you have a photo of Lori that we could use? The girl set down her tea and flipped through her phone. She turned the screen to Ashton. Here. Amanda's heart sank. In the picture was the same knitted hat they had seen, sealed in an evidence bag that Jimmy had collected from the scene. In the photo, a young woman, no more than 25, was wearing it. Can you text that picture to this number? Ashton asked, handing over his card. The medical examiner will need a copy too. The woman nodded. Before we go, why don't I make you one more cup of tea? Amanda offered. I'd like that, thank you. Back in the truck, Ashton and Amanda headed into town. A heavy silence had fallen between the two of them, and Ashton finally broke it. That was kind of you, he said. What was? Amanda asked. I noticed it took twice as long to make a second cup of tea as opposed to the first. You cast a spell on the last one, didn't you? 
Amanda scoffed. I told you, I don't believe in all that stuff. That's my mother's territory. Ashton shot her a sideways glance as they passed Patsy's. Okay, I believe it is useless unless you can do some real good. That poor girl's terrified. A little, you know, calming spell to help her sleep could only help. Like I said, smirked Ashton, that was nice of you. Yeah, well, don't think too much of me. I haven't cast a spell since I was 17. I may have just turned her into a toad. I doubt that, Ashton laughed as he pulled into the station. I just have to check on a couple things. It'll just take a minute, Amanda shrugged and hopped out of the truck. Inside the station, Ashton and Amanda stared at a glowing computer screen. Medical examiner and the DMV concur it's a positive ID, Lori Parks. She was originally from Arizona, Ashton read. I guess that's where her parents must live. She was beautiful, Amanda remarked sadly, and so young. The two stared at the smiling face that matched the case file. Ashton shivered and turned off the screen. He leaned closer to Amanda to reach past her chair and open a desk drawer. His scent of aftershave, leather from his gun belt and coffee wafted over Amanda. Her pulse quickened as he gave her a quick glance. Their eyes met for just a moment. Ashton cleared his throat. Well, it's been a hell of a homecoming for you. Let me get you back to Victoria. Amanda tried to shake the spark she felt with her quickening pulse. Well, I'll say one thing. You sure know how to show a girl a good time. Corpses of young women, mutilated by animals, distraught college roommates, and an old school forensics lesson are all fine and well. But next time, just take me out for drinks, okay? Deal, grinned Ashton. Is the guy who filed the missing persons report still here? Ashton asked as he made his way past the collection of desks in the crowded station. No, Tina answered. The gentleman filled out the report and said he had to get back. Ashton walked by the tiny office refrigerator. He opened the door and pulled out a large chocolate chip cookie. Ashton motioned to Amanda to have one. Amanda felt her stomach rumble and reached out only to stop. She recognized that plate anywhere. She laughed. Pass. Thanks. Are you sure? Ashton pressed. Your mom's been baking for me every week since I got here. I rarely have time to eat, but there's always time to grab one of these beauties. Has she? Amanda said sweetly. Hmm. Ashton nodded. Tina, did Jimmy send out that collar we found at the scene? Forensics won't be here till tomorrow, Tina reminded him. Ashton rifled through the evidence box and found the bag and gave a thoughtful nod. I think I'll stop in and see Andy on the way back from dropping off Amanda. Maybe he can give me some direction or info through animal control. Oh, and Tina, he said through a mouthful of cookie, I'll need the address of the guy who filed the report, too. Tina handed Ashton a piece of paper. Here's where he listed his personal address, but everybody knows Chef Alex practically lives at the Lupin Moon. She leaned in with a large grin. His maple-encrusted coho is to die for. It's unspecial this week. Ashton nodded gratefully and headed for the door. Let's get you home, he said to Amanda. She smirked. What, no fancy dinner with a chef? Oh, right. 
You spoiled your appetite with my mother's enchanted cookies. As soon as Amanda stepped out onto the sidewalk, she stopped dead in her tracks. All snarky comments gone from her head. An electronic burning feeling crawled down her spine. She felt ashen return to her side within seconds. Get behind me, she said. What? What is it? Ashton asked, concerned but baffled. He looked both ways down the street and saw nothing but a sleepy town on the edge of winter. Can't you hear the howling? Whoever it is, whatever it is, we're being tracked, Amanda declared. Ashton looked more carefully at the one or two passing cars, the tree line past town. He listened, but he heard nothing small town life. He put his arm protectively around Amanda. For a split second, he thought he heard the faintest sound of growling, but he told himself it was all in his head. It's been a long day, he said. You're tired and you've gone above and beyond anything anyone should have as a civilian in one day. And for that, I'm real sorry. Let's get you home. They got into the Bronco and Amanda locked the doors. As Ashton turned onto Main Street, he chided, I know every mother and daughter relationship has its rifts, but Victoria really is something special. I hope you two can sort it out. Is this your way of distracting me from whatever I heard back there? Because if so, you're terrible at this. I'm just saying that your mother has been a real friend since I arrived and she needs you. Everyone who cares about her now more than ever, it's clear things are rough. Just offering a little friendly advice. Look, I appreciate it, Amanda said sincerely. Let me try to explain. Victoria is a force of nature. She always gets what she wants. I left this town so that for once I could have what I want for a change. As she said it, she wondered to herself why on earth she was explaining herself. She'd be gone just in a couple of days. She owed this guy nothing. And still, she couldn't help herself. Ashton was quiet. His piercing gray eyes stared back at her from under the brim of his hat. Well, do you? I mean, in Chicago, do you have what you want? Images raced across her mind. A handsome publisher, a whirlwind romance, the feeling of a first kiss, the touch of his hand as he left, an empty table, a quiet phone, meetings with the bank, stacks of bills in her office at the bookstore. Amanda repeated to herself that she didn't need to explain herself or her life. Nevertheless, Ashton could probably see her answer in the expression of her face. I'm maintaining my right to remain silent, Sheriff. He sighed. That's fair. Miranda law is a beautiful thing. Amanda added, and just be careful with Victoria. She clearly has plans for you, and her specialty is love spells. You know Jimmy? He used to do a paper route just so he could pay Mom to keep his parents in love potions. He swears that she kept his folks from getting divorced his senior year of high school. Well, that's all very interesting, but what does that have to do with me? Ashton sounded skeptical. Her cookies are enchanted along with her cakes, pies, and anything else she might make for you. Every month when the moon is full, she and her friends from the local coven get together, drink champagne, and do a summoning spell. Any men foolish enough to eat their hexed baked goods that month are then summoned in their sleep to come to them and dance naked in the garden. 
Ashton kept his eyes on the road, but broke into a fit of laughter. So you're saying I've given a strip tease without my knowledge? Yes, Amanda insisted. Those sweet elderly women, Amanda cut him off, were once wild wishes... We're once wild witches of the North. My mother may be dying of cancer, but that's not going to stop her from creating a bit of chaos before she leaves this earth. No offense, Ashton said, but I don't believe you. Besides, it's you who's afraid of her love spells. Hmm, Amanda said, suit yourself. The truck pulled into the gravel drive. Victoria was sitting in a rocker on the porch with Henri the cat. Amanda hopped out and ran to the porch. What the heck are you doing out here in the cold, Mom? Are you crazy? Do you hear them? Victoria whispered to Amanda, her eyes wild. No natural predator would be calling his pack together in the middle of the day. She gripped Amanda's hands. I don't suppose I could look through some of the archives for a few minutes, Ashton interrupted as he joined the two women. Absolutely, Victoria answered, feigning sweetness and calm. The three of them heard the howling this time. Ashton's cool gray eyes scanned the forest. He chuckled nervously. Peterson's dogs must be after the rabbits again. I've told him he needs to pen those boys if they can't stick to their farm. Ashton glanced at Victoria, clutching Amanda's hands for dear life. He dug deep for some charm. Now, Victoria, I don't suppose you've made anything delicious here that I might have for a snack. Yeah, your giant cookies at the station haven't filled them up yet, Amanda said. As the three made their way into the house into the, and into the kitchen, Amanda opened the refrigerator. Hey, Mom, do we have any champagne? Are we celebrating something, dear? Victoria asked as she sliced Ashton a piece of blueberry lemon cake and gave it to him on a napkin. Ashton took a bite. Victoria slowly made her way to the library side of the house and answered Amanda, You know I only keep a bottle for my meetings with the girls. Amanda heard Ashton choke on his cake as he followed Victoria into the library. What are we looking for? Victoria asked. Amanda handed Ashton a glass of water and answered for him. Dog attacks, wolf and coyote pack feeding or attack instances. Jimmy even thought it might be a cougar. Or, you know, dog man, she laughed. Describe the scene, Victoria said, very serious. Ashton cleared his throat and answered, Well, the body of a young woman was found not far off the trail near the town. Ashton cleared his throat and answered, Well, the body of a young woman was found not far off the trail near the north of town. The tearing apart of the body suggests an attack by a very large animal or a pack working together. Jimmy couldn't identify it by the tracks, Victoria asked. Jimmy's the best tracker in all the UP. The only print we found was that of a large boot. Oh. And we found a bloody dog collar, Amanda added. Victoria pulled dusty books from the shelves as Henri rubbed his face on the bookcase. Old newspaper clippings crackled as Ashen flipped them from dated drawers. Amanda turned on her laptop. What if it's a case of science covered up by hysterical myth? She tapped on the keys and read aloud, From Wikipedia. 
The first alleged encounter of the Michigan Dogman occurred in 1887 in Wexford County when two lumberjacks saw a creature they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. In 1937, Paris, Michigan, Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of the five walked on two legs. Reports of similar creatures also came from Allegan County in the 1950s and in Manistee and Cross Village in 1967. I'll pull out the crime report books for those years, Victoria said. She stood but had to grab the table to steady herself. Amanda jumped up, but Ashen reached Victoria first. I think that's enough excitement for one afternoon, he said. Want me to take you into town to see the doc? Amanda pulled out her phone. I'm calling 911. The phone sprang from her hand in a wave of Victoria's index finger. No one is calling or driving me anywhere. I need a nip of whiskey and to go to bed. That's all. Well, I I'll help you. Not when I have the hottest man in three counties already at my beck and call. Go get your own man. This one's mine, and he's taking me up to my bed, Victoria declared. She put on a good show, but taking a step, her knees buckled from under her. Ashen caught her, taking him into his arms. He lifted the elderly woman and carried her up to her room. Amanda was staring out the window when Ashton returned. She was clutching a coffee cup, but he noticed nothing was in it. He brushed the hair from her shoulder as she watched the autumn storm roll in. She shouldn't have been out there, Amanda said. Being out in the cold took too much out of her. She's already asleep, he whispered, giving Amanda's shoulder a gentle touch. I've called Doc, and he said he'd check on her tonight on his way home. Is that okay? Yes, but promise me you won't talk about the case unless she asks. Promise me if you need help, you'll just ask me. I suppose I could stay a couple extra days if it helps with the investigation while I set up hospice. She's getting caught up in this thing and it's too much for her. Agreed. Amanda turned as she choked back tears. Thanks for getting her upstairs. I think I need to bring her bed down here. I could never carry her like you did. Ashton looked at her, his eyes so thoughtful and sincere that Amanda thought her own knees might buckle. Here's my cell. Call me 24-7. I can be here in 10 minutes. Amanda shook her head. I can handle things here. You have a murder and an investigation. And you only have one mother, he said, for better or for worse. Taking another slice of cake and a napkin, he turned and smiled. And again, your mother might call me. He lifted up the slice of cake and took a bite. Check your garden before you touch the dial pad. Yeah, you'll be the one wearing nothing but the gun belt, Amanda laughed. Ashton blushed. Lucky you, he teased. He brushed away an untamed lock of hair from her face. His gray eyes stared at her and her pulse quickened again like it had at the station. Thanks for your help today. She nodded with a smile. The sound of howling echoed in the kitchen, breaking the spell between them. Peterson's dog, Ashton reassured her. Peterson's farm is west of here, said Amanda. The howling is coming from the north. <sighs> You're right. Lock up everything. I'll go take a drive. Doc will be here in a couple of hours. Be careful.
Terror Under the Lupin Moon is written by Michelle Roger. Our theme song was played by Michelle Roger. Sound engineering by Computer Room Services. You can find them at comproom.co.uk.